Hello, hockey fans. Are you ready once again to brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey? Well, I'm sure the heck ready to go. It is Brave the Wild, episode number seven. Today is Saturday, the 3rd of January in the year 2009. The year 2009. So this is the very first show of my three podcasts, Paladino Live Productions, we'll call it, <laughs> is the name of my quote-unquote organization that I'm getting started. Uh, this is the very first show of 2009. So ready to rock and roll with Brave the Wild. Again, episode number seven. I apologize. It's been about a month again since the last show, with, again, with busy schedules and the fact that three shows at once, it gets kind of tough. Uh, Viking season could be coming to a close pretty soon here, as soon as tomorrow. First round of the playoffs, so it'll be a lot easier to get things together here with two doing two shows on a more regular basis instead of three. Um, yeah, with a full-time job, three shows, it gets kind of tough. So you hopefully can understand that. Uh, the last game we covered was against the Nashville Predators Saturday, the 6th of December, so a lot of catching up to do. I'm not going to do a detailed review on every single game. I'll probably start with the more detailed reviews by December 23rd against Carolina. That was a win, so that's good news. Uh, but I'll just kind of briefly go over the, the games before that, the six games before that. Uh, other than that, real quick, Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. I thank each and every one of you once again for downloading and listening to this show. I appreciate it very much. And those of you who are coming here from the Minnesota Wild Pondcast on wild.com, hey, welcome aboard. Thank you very much for checking out my show. I hope you enjoy it. And if you do, please tell a friend. And I hope I can bring you a more objective show than the Minnesota Wild Pondcast because I'm not employed by the Minnesota Wild, so I don't have to... You know, kiss their butt, basically. Now, again, the sportstuff.com, which is our home page, or where Brave the Wild's home is, the front page of it, there is a button that says TSS Boards. That is how you can get to our forums or message boards on the sportstuff.com. That is how you can interact and vote on our polls and just simply chat. There's a little chat box if you have a screen name. Um, yeah, you can interact with all of us podcasters, interact with all the members. We're nearing 300 members, and we'd like to get that closer to 1,000. So please hop on board if you haven't yet. Got to get more Minnesotans on this page. It's, of course, a national page or international. Actually, we have a lot of Australians, some English, uh, some some British people, uh, yeah, all over Germany, all over the place. So come one, come all. Let's, let's have us a good time. 100% free, 100% fun. TheSportsStuff.com. Don't just watch sports. Get involved. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll get into the wild game reviews right after this announcement. Here on TheSportsStuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com, along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back 
here on Brave the Wild. Again, Episode 7, a reminder for those of you who are iPod users. And I hope you enjoy your iPod. No. <laughs> the commercial you just heard, Purple Mafia, the top-rated show of my Paladino Live Productions deal, the three shows, of course, on thesportstuff.com. But, uh, yeah, do... Check it out, Minnesota Vikings football. I'll be doing a playoff show soon, an emotional couple of shows. Before that, the Giants game review and others. Check them out on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. And, yeah, Minnesota Wild, that's what you came here to listen to at this point in time. Well, the Wild had a four-day break after that one to nothing loss at Nashville. Just a bummer. Josh Harding, of course, having that awesome game but couldn't get any goal support, and he really hasn't gotten any all year. And, uh... Wild go to Phoenix, you think, well, here we go. It's the slump buster, right? The Wild always beat the Phoenix Coyotes. Not tonight. Not on December the 12th. Ole Jokinen, it could have been one of us scoring in this game. The Wild lose 3-1. to McCulloch, Zebnik McCulloch, former Minnesota Wild player, scores the opening goal and Jokinen the second goal. And he met in to save face, scores the one goal the Wild got halfway through the third period, and that was all she wrote. Not fun. So that's the end of that game. Coach Gretzky finally getting over the hump. They actually beat the Wild. Oh, goody. Wild usually play good against the Los Angeles Lakers, right? No, I'm just kidding. Los Angeles Kings. Sorry, I'm such a goofball. The de- December the 13th. So I guess the previous game was the 11th. I apologize. Uh, but December the 13th, the Minnesota Wild lose 3-1 to again. This time to the LA Kings in Staples Center. Brent Burns getting the only Wild goal. In this particular game, just another frustrating effort by the Wild. And again, a very late goal. There's only two minutes left in the game. The Wild finally score. They were down two to nothing at the time, but then Frolov gets the goal to make it three to one to ice the Wild. That was his 13th goal of the year. That was all she wrote again. Yep, Nicholas Backstrom stopping 42 shots in that game. And, uh, just Wild can't score when they need to. The goalies are doing what they can for this team. Then we go to Anaheim the following night. Yeah, we're not going to win this game. We never beat Anaheim. Not in the playoffs, not in the regular season, and not on back-to-back nights. Wild lose 4-2. to two. Headline here, <laughs> Ducks overpower Wild. Yeah, surprise. They always do. And, uh, yeah, just another frustrating game for your Minnesota Wild not in the state of hockey. This was Anaheim, California. They didn't actually have to travel very far. Bergeron getting in. <laughs> oh, boy, lots of French Canadians on this story right here on, on Bergeron's goal. He's the one he's one of the two wild scorers. Well, this was all French Canadians in this particular night. Bergeron scoring, assisted by Belanger and Puglia. Late, or a little bit halfway through the first period, the wild already down two to nothing. Belanger ties the game with Bouchard and Pouliol. <laughs> Sorry, lots of French names on the wild, which is cool. Definitely nothing wrong with that. I like it. Belanger having a good year, tying the game, but then Anaheim just gets it done. Brendan Morrison, a guy who could have also been a Minnesota wild, and Bobby Ryan icing the game with about a minute and 15 seconds to go. Well, that wasn't really icing the game. That was <laughs> a minute and 15 seconds to go in the second period. And, uh, yeah, no scoring in the third period, and, yeah, thanks a lot, Wild. Just another lame game for them. Yeah, if you give up four goals to the Ducks in just two periods, you know you're going to lose. You just know you're going to lose. Wild then come home to play against the Calgary Flames. That didn't work out either. This game goes to overtime, 3-2, to two, 
And fortunately, well, it wasn't Jerome McGinley that scored the overtime goal. It was another old wild nemesis, Todd Bertuzzi. Now, Marion Gabrick is back playing at this point, getting his second goal. He also got an assist in this game, Gabrick playing, believe it or not. He actually played about two games before he goes back on the shelf. We'll get back to that. Surely that is going to be a major topic on Episode 7 as uh, the title of this episode, number seven, Nothing Player Worth Nothing. So uh, that's just what we're going to have. He's a nothing player because he's out, and he's out all the time, so he's worth nothing. Yeah, we'll get back to that very shortly, though. Sorry, I sidetracked. <laughs> a little frustration starting to kick in. Um, Brunette, Gabrick, and Koivu being a part of the first goal for the Wild in that game, and then Gabrick and Brunette. I mean, that was a great... Great chemistry between Gabrick and Brunette over the years. When the Brunette was here before and now that he's back, unfortunately that, that is going to come to an end for good very soon, and that's just quite a shame. So just another frustrating loss. Wild lose 3-2 to two in overtime to the Calgary Flames, one of their arch nemesis. They at least get one point. That's more than they'd gotten in quite a while. Their last point they achieved was... December the 3rd against St. Louis. So the 17th, that is a 14-day drought for points. The Wild lose six games in a row officially because that still counts as a loss. Overtime loss, six games in a row. They finally bust the slump, defeating the New York Islanders on the 19th of December. Friday the 19th of December, the Wild actually wake up 4-1 to victory. And that was nice to see Miku Koivu, the player of the game overall, getting a goal. Clutterbuck, just being the physical presence he is. Richard Park, another former Minnesota Wild, showing up. He scored the opening goal of the game. Uh, three and a half minutes into the second period, a scoreless first period. Veyu scores. Shepard and Mietnin. Shepard finally showing up in the box score again. It's about time. Gilly's getting his first career goal early. Colton Gillies getting his first career goal early in the third period, assisted by Derek Bugard and Christopher Kalanos. That's interesting. <laughs> That's kind of a weird line there. Uh, all righty then. It, it worked, though. Koivu assisted by Kim Janssen later. Bouchard burying the Islanders just two minutes after that. Assisted by Benya, Benoit Puglia and Nick Schultz, two guys that never show up in the box store ever, ever. Uh, Benoit Puglia and Shepard. Actually doing stuff, along with Gillies, Colton Gillies, who uh, none of those three are panning out at this point in time, to be honest with you. Schultz, well, he's panned out. He's a nice defensive player. He just doesn't, you know, he doesn't factor in the scoring much. He's just a stay-at-home defenseman. But, uh, yeah, there's another issue right there with the Minnesota Wild. Gillies, Shepard, and Puglia. Gillies is a rookie, so you got to give him a little slide. Puglia, my goodness, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many more... Years we're going to have to wait before he starts becoming a more productive NHL player. We're going to have to find out. He was the fourth overall pick coming out of the lockout in the year 2005. So we'll see what happens there. Wild then go to St. Louis Saturday, the 20th of December. Lose again. They lose to the Blues again. Here we go again. Nick Schultz after uh, Patrick Berglund gets his 11th goal of the season. Right off the bat, just a minute and 19 seconds into the first period, Schultz is able to answer. About four minutes later, his first goal of the year, Brunette and Koivu factoring on that. But then just four and a half minutes later, David Bax gives 
The Blues the lead again, two to one. Bouchard, well, after a scoreless, boring second period, you could just imagine Blues and Wild and scoreless. That is not fun to watch at all. Not at all. Uh, Bouchard is able to tie the game up again, or tie the game up, making it two to two, and then a couple of no names finish things off later in the game. Very frustrating for the Wild. Once again, Keith the Chuck getting two assists in this game. There's a familiar name for a lot of you out there. But a lot of no names in this St. Louis Blues team, and uh, they beat us, and that's just all that matters. The Wild, well, this did not look good. Only 23 shots given up by the Wild in this game. Backstrom giving up three of them, so giving up three goals. The Wild only put up 26. So that was a pretty boring game. Wild lose 4-2. to two. Just the frustration continues once again. And then Tuesday the 23rd, the Wild defeat the Carolina Hurricanes in the Excel Energy Center. Thank God. Stefan Veyu scoring late in the game. Or not late in the game. That was late in the third or second period. That was all the Wild needed. Uh, Brindamore, there's a very familiar name for a lot of people. This team, Ray Whitney, Brindamore, Scott Walker, all factoring in for the Hurricanes in this game with goals and assists. Talented team. The Canes going up two to nothing in Minnesota. That's bad news. Like, oh boy, we never come back from deficits in Minnesota, much less hold leads. We used to be just one of the best teams in the league about holding on to a lead. Not anymore. But the Wild actually come back and win this one. Cal Clutterbuck getting his third goal of the season. He finally factors in the scoring again. Koivu and Gabrick. So Gabrick's still playing at this point in time. Factoring in on that goal. Gabrick getting his third goal of the year. Koivu and Zidlicki assisting. And then Stefan Veyu, shorthanded. A shorthanded goal. Stefan Veyu, obviously one of the better penalty killers on the Wild. The Wild Pretty much the best penalty kill in the league. Not that it's amounting to much right now. Belanger and Nicky Schultz factoring in on the assist there. And a scoreless third period. Backstrom stopping 37 shots. Awesome. Once again, Koivu, though, the overall star of the game. And Gabrick. Koivu, Gabrick, and Backstrom, really the three best players you'd think on this team. Factoring in as the three stars of the game. Good news there. An impressive win for the Minnesota Wild. But, yeah. Did you really think this team was going to stay on this type of run? No. And this is when Marion Gabrick then, they talk about, up. Oh, he's going to sit out for two games. And a lot of the trade rumors started to really blow up here because he figured, oh, if he's going to sit out two games, why would you say two games? Because, you know, the soreness is picking up. Why two games? Is some type of trade about to happen? Hmm. Unfortunately, no, that was not the case. Uh, but, yeah, see, the thing is, the reason why a lot of people thought something was up, I mean, we're playing Chicago and Calgary. Back-to-back nights, Sunday the 28th, Monday the 29th. Huge games for the Minnesota Wild that they need to win both, or at least one of the two. And, uh, yeah, it's like this doesn't make much sense. Even when, and with a four-day break, too, in between that backup, you know, or before the back-to-back nights. Uh, yeah, not many people understanding that. Unfortunately, we'll find out. We found out pretty soon later after that. Uh, the Wild, though, defeated at home 4-1 to by the Chicago Blackhawks. You could just feel the team morale dropping. <laughs> the bottom just coming out of the rink at this point. Wild losing 4-1 to to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Blackhawks win their ninth straight game. They go up 3 to nothing in this game. Before Cal Clutterbuck is able to get his fourth goal of the season, scoring in his second consecutive game. And then uh, Chris Vitt. 
very, ah, excuse me, excuse me, first dig, getting an empty netter to totally ice it as the Wild pull the goalie. But that was with four seconds to go, making it four to one. It was like, what's the point anyway? All it did was make the score worse. Uh, Wild only amassed 19 shots on goal in this game versus the Blackhawks 31. Very frustrating for the Wild. Blackhawks are a surging team. Remember how they just stunk for over 10 years pretty much. But now the Blackhawks appear to be back and ready to rock and roll. So now the Wild head to Calgary. What do you think happened there? No, we did not win the game. We lose 2-1 to one to the Calgary Flames. Another just sad game for the Minnesota Wild. Josh Harding in net. No goal support once again. Stefan Veyu scoring at the end of the second period to tie it up. It was like, thank God. And Eric Nystrom of the Flames scoring halfway through the third period, and that was all she wrote. Just to you can just hear it in my voice. Just another, just another sappy game for the Wild. A game you just, you could just tell they weren't going to win because there was no offensive flow. And uh, the Flames right now are clearly a better team. Two very well ga- well played games by the goalies, Mika Kippersoff and Josh Harding. But Kippersoff better, and his team was better, and that's what mattered in the end. And Josh Harding, despite having a very solid year, he's got a nasty 1-4 record. His goals against average is only 2-0-4. And his save percentage is 93.3. Yet he's 1-4. So goal support. There's no goal support whatsoever for young Josh Harding. I think he is going to be a very talented goalie as his career continues onward, as he continues to improve. I could definitely see that happening. And then the shock of the century, New Year's Eve night. This was the last game for the Minnesota Wild, of course, of 2008, and the last game before this show, <laughs> or the last game for the show to review. The Wild play the San Jose Sharks in Excel Energy Center and win 3-2 to in overtime. The San Jose Sharks, the best team in the Western Conference, they were passed by one point by the Boston Bruins over the last couple of nights. Boston Bruins now have the most points in the whole NHL right now, believe it or not. Could you imagine a Boston and San Jose Stanley Cup Finals? That'd be kind of cool, actually. I wouldn't mind. Remember the Joe Thornton trade, too. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. But, no, Brent Burns, clearly the number one star of the game with a goal and two assists, including the game-winning goal. Uh, Owen Nolan, though, will get... Getting ahead of myself a little bit. Scoring the opening goal of the game halfway through the first period. Scoring against his old club, the San Jose Sharks. That was the sixth goal of the year. Brent Burns and Miko Koivu factoring in there. Rob Blake, who's still playing. And Joe Thornton assisting on David Satucci's goal. His eight, or Devin, excuse me, Satucci's goal. Number 18 of the year. He's having a big season over there in San Jose. Ours are many San Jose Sharks. Christopher Colanos, who... Still on the wild and looking pretty good, actually. Shepard and Burns factoring in on that goal. So Burns factoring on every single goal. Uh, Milan Mahalik, Thornton, and Vlasic assisting on that goal. He tied the game up with only 26 seconds to go. It's like, uh, wild are going to lose. They're going to lose. We're going to go to overtime now because we just gave up, uh, gave up the lead with 26 seconds left. We're not going to beat the Sharks in overtime. 
believe it or not, Brent Burns <laughs> puts it in. His sixth goal of the year, Cleveland Bouchard, nice play by the Wild overall. And just they were all jumping on each other, acting like they just won the Stanley Cup pretty much because this team needed this type of victory. This was such a morale booster for this team who are about to lose their superstar. They are very close to losing their superstar. And uh <laughs> this game just was such a was such a wonderful thing for us fans and the players of that team. I'm sure the coaches, the whole organization, just it was just at least for one night felt pretty good about this game. And it was a nice way to close out 2008 for the Minnesota Wild. But unfortunately, things take a turn for the worse very soon. After that, and we're going to get into that story about Marion Gabrick right after this quick announcement. Here on the sportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on the sportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. And we are back once again on Brave the Wild, episode number seven, Minnesota Wild. And, uh, man, this is where things start to take a major turn for the worse. News-wise for Minnesota Wild, a lot of you obviously know about this, but we're going to talk about it, of course. And um, first and foremost, the bit you just heard, the commercial you just heard, Timberwolves Explosion, my Timberwolves, Minnesota Timberwolves podcast on TheSportsStuff.com and iTunes, do check it out. I know they're another sucky team right now in this town, but hey, yeah, right now our winter, my two favorite teams, the Wolves and the Wild, not having a good season. Fortunately, the Wolves starting to pick it up lately, and uh, the next episode will have a little bit of positivity in it, a little bit, not much, not as much as some people would like, and I'm sure I'd like as well, but uh, so be it. Well, guess what, folks? The Minnesota Wild have a player in Marion Gabrick who many would say is ultra-talented. He's got an explosive speed, elusive moves, an accurate shot. I mean, he has the full package on the offensive side of the game, right? Full package. So it's just like buying a stock that's doing really well. But unfortunately, the injuries for this guy have made him more of a risky stock to buy. But at the same time, when this person does not want to play here anymore, you still have this stock. <laughs> you still have massive trade value in this stock, right? Massive trade value. You think you're going to get some, um, at least, if not another young, talented player, like when the Minnesota Timberwolves were able to land Al Jefferson, in the Kevin Garnett trade, that was about as good as you're going to get when you trade a superstar away. Very rarely do you get fair value in return when you're trading a superstar, but at least you're going to get pieces. You're going to have a chance. 
you're going to either get a nice prospect like Al Jefferson was for the Wolves and possibly lots of draft picks and some nice role players to come with them, right? And the Minnesota Wild had that possibility with Marion Gabrick before he went down with this groin injury. And now he was coming back at the right time and was playing well. And it's like, hey, this could be a good time to buy the stock, right? It's time to buy the stock because it's about to, uh, you know, you buy low, sell high, right? Buy low, sell high. So you'd think somebody might be able to give up a decent amount of something because they believe this that Gabrick could take them on a playoff run. Some team somewhere, probably Eastern Conference, you'd hope, anyway. Shucks. Even if it was the Vancouver Canucks at this point, I wouldn't care. As long as you can get fair, uh, somewhat, you know, the best deal is what the Wild need in the situation they're in right now when they need pieces. Well, guess what, folks? It's kind of hard <laughs> when the stock ends up being Enron. Marion Gabrick now will need surgery on his hip for causing, you know, this, this hip injury, this hip situation, whatever it is, causing the groin problems over his career. He will now be out 10 to 14 weeks because of this surgery. Folks, Gabrick's stock is now Enron. He is Enron. That means the Minnesota Wild, his tradeability is virtually worthless, and it's just its so painful. His trade value now is virtually worthless as the Wild had limited time to trade him before he became an unrestricted free agent. They should have had some type of foresight, making some type of effort to either sign or trade this guy starting last March or even earlier. They should have had some type of foresight, but no, not, not, not Minnesota teams seem to ever have foresight. And uh, this the frustration now is at an all-time high for me and for many other Minnesota Wild fans in this town, as there is a legitimate shot. We're going to lose Marion Gabrick and have nothing in return, no compensation of any kind, not even a mid-round draft pick. That's what point we're getting to right now, and that is so frustrating. That's what happened to the Minnesota Timberwolves with Tom Gugliotta. Years ago, they had a chance to acquire Eldon Campbell and Eddie Jones. Not all of you know who those guys are, but they were pretty solid players. I would have made the Timberwolves better. Um, but we'll get off that right now. It's not a basketball show. <sighs> Real quick, this headline, the safe plan surgery for Gabrick. And, yes, I understand it's good for his career, but, my God, what a bad turn for the Minnesota Wild. And, of course, again, it is 110% the Wild's fault for having no foresight, knowing that trading a guy who could get hurt in a limited period of time is not wise at all. Setting yourself in this type of situation where you have limited time to trade him, and you know he's an extremely injury-prone person, I mean a player, <laughs> what 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 were you thinking in all, with all due respect, with all honesty, what were they thinking? And uh, it's a really, really tough situation. And when you look at these quotes by Marion Gabrick, um, 
I'm at a point right now I don't know who to believe because obviously both sides are very deceptive. The Wild organization and Gabrick and his agent are very deceptive at this point in time. Neither side is a good guy at this point, in my opinion. Uh, Marion Gabrick, quote right here, I hear people saying I'm not willing to play at less than 100%, and I'm milking it, said Gabrick, clearly angry. Seriously, milking it? I tried to play. I don't care. I'd play at 70% and in pain. But if the doctor, the best in the world in this business, tells me I'm going to screw it up even more, and I could screw up the rest of my career, I'm sorry, I'm not playing. No way. So there you go. Wild General Manager Doug Reisbrow was among those who asked Gabrick to fight through the pain and delay surgery. I'm disappointed that he won't be here with us for this point of the season, in the season, Reisbrow said. But you know, this is the choice that Marion has made, so I have no other comment. So basically, both sides right there, not too happy with each other. And um, <laughs> neither side is a good guy here, folks. I mean, Gabrick's injury situation is ridiculous. Other players take care of themselves to a point. They work out certain parts. They adjust certain styles of play. I don't know what even to say, basically. you Other players don't get hurt like this because they take care of themselves the proper way. They rehab themselves the proper way. This guy hasn't been doing that, and that's why this continues to be an issue. Uh, it's just been a very, very tough situation. Uh, over Christmas, Gabrick learned that he has a torn labrum and defective cartilage in the hip that has been causing him chronic groin pain. So that is the number one reason this has been going on, unfortunately. And, uh, Gabrick, however, said his goal is definitely to play again this season. I have a lot of stuff going on in the hip that's causing all the groin problems. Gabrick said Friday, my weapon is my skating. If this can solve my problems and I could play and stay healthy, I'm doing it. I just wanted to get this thing right. Uh, in my uh, Gabrick spent the holiday break at a Vail hospital undergoing tests after an MRI. Hip surgeon Mark Philippon whose operation on Gabrick's right hip in May solved his right groin problems, discovered there was lots of damage to Gabrick's hip, including a flap in the cartilage. That's causing bone on bone. So clearly a situation with the Minnesota Wild. Man, uh, real quick, though, sorry. He recommended surgery, and soon than later, or sooner than later, Gabrick said, if the flap gets bigger, he said it would... What is this? Okay, if the flap gets bigger and said it would, if I keep playing, it would cause a much more difficult surgery that would give me out five or six months. So, very interesting there. Uh, if only this guy, Marion Gabrick, <laughs> was signed for five years or something, this wouldn't be too big a deal, I guess. I mean, it would still be very frustrating for all of us here. But when you see the situation that uh, we couldn't either sign or trade him, at a sooner time. This is just a worst-case scenario for the Minnesota Wild, and uh, I don't know. When when you think about it, it's like you wonder who really to be angry at. Should you should be angry at Gabrick or the Wild? Because, I mean, they knew what they had. They knew the situation. This guy has injury problems, chronic injury problems, but he had trade value, and he was healthy last year. Uh, clearly frustrated with Lemaire's system. I mean, it's it's plain as day that Gabrick's clearly frustrated with Lemaire's system. You gotta make 
some type of move. You gotta do something. And, uh, I think it's over. So, obviously, Risebrow's angry because he knows he can't trade Gabrick now. <laughs> That's why Risebrow's angry. Not because Gabrick's career could be in trouble if he doesn't get this done. Another final quote here, our final quote here, Gabrick says, I'm 26 years old. If I was 38 and my career over, I'd play. And my career over? What's, what kind of writing is this? But anyhow, but I'm 26. I'm not jeopardizing my career down the road. I'm not going to think twice on this. I'm not risking it. Um, I understand Gabrick's thoughts there. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Gabrick, or uh, Risebrow, again, all I'm worried about is just getting him back. Obviously, we know why Risebrow wants him back, because he wants trade value. Overall, though, you pretty much can get the idea of the situation for the Minnesota Wild. It is a very dire situation. I, My opinions are Jacques Lemaire will probably step down by the end of the season. Uh, it's very rare in the NHL that coaches stay as long as he has, and uh, he showed some serious frustration last season, a division championship season for the Minnesota Wild, a up-and-down yet division championship season. You could tell he had he was thinking of stepping down then. I think he will now, and with a new owner in Craig Leopold, who knows what Doug Risebrow's uh, fate will be. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if some type of changes were coming at some point in time. But that, that's pretty much my closing thoughts on this show and on the situation with the Minnesota Wild. We're just going to keep monitoring it for you. We're going to try to do our best. Uh, I hope all of you had a good New Year, a New Year's night. I had to work until <laughs> I had to work that night, and that was unfortunate. So we'll just have to go with that. Hope you guys at least had something going on. <laughs> I didn't. Just had to get some rest and get caught up because I wasn't feeling so good either. But uh whatever. We're just going to hope for the best in the year 2009 for this Minnesota Wild team as they need it. They need to draft better, they need to make the right type of trades. I mean, they've made too many trades where they throw away draft picks and get really nothing great in return. So, not really much to say. You can see how I'm pretty much a loss of words right now with the situation. Oh, boy. <laughs> I hope hope the Minnesota Wild can step it up in these coming days. They play the Detroit Red Wings tonight. That is not, absolutely not a remedy for this team right now. The Detroit is a clearly better team, and it won't be pretty, I'm sure, tonight. Who knows, though? Maybe we'll get lucky like we did the San Jose. But until then, hopefully, I'll have some more positive news for you for episode number eight. And I want to wish you all a good week or more, depending on when I can get this show out. We'll talk to you then. <laughs>